peace, poverty, pets, nature, and of course, bird baths. A seemingly strange list of things which have little to do with each other, but today we remember a saint who seems to embody all of these things so perfectly. So how did we end up with such a versatile saint? By modern standards, St. Francis would have been considered both a frat boy as well as a trust fund kid, a lover of partying, and the son of a prosperous luxury fabric mer merchant. St. Francis led a carefree life indeed. In his 20s, he left to fight in a war when he was quickly recognized as this famous merchant's son and held captive for a year, only to be released after a generous ransom was paid. Once he was out, his party life resumed. But two years later, just as he was about to run off to war again, he had a strange vision, a vision which made him have a massive change of heart a vision which would quickly dry up his need for conquest, a vision which would rob him of the joy of senseless partying, and a vision which would take away his enjoyment of his carelessly luxurious life. With his daily party life stripped away and free from the hustle and bustle of the busy textile markets, he found himself confronted with a stillness, a realization that his busyness was but a methadone for true meaning in his life. In his conquest for immense change, he sought a journey to find out what it all meant. And he found himself spending lots of time in nature gathering materials to restore a simple church in his hometown. During these wanderings, he would come across beggars and give them all everything that he had. He would come across lepers and wash their wounds. He would stand in this simple church which he was restoring and tell stories of the beauty of nature and the beauty of humanity his love for the poor shone through. Curiosity was piqued as to how this new life of his could possibly be better than the comfortable life he had enjoyed. So people joined him and this movement grew. But like so many things that cause us to radically rethink our lives, people viewed this new lifestyle of his as a threat and said he could no longer preach in church on the basis that he wasn't a priest. But refusing to be silenced, Francis head to Rome, not to be ordained, but to simply ask the Pope for permission to continue preaching, a request that the Pope granted. So now with the Pope's blessing, he traveled around with a simple message to see God in all the world, in all of nature, in all its creatures, and in all its people. Seeing God in others, 
God in everyone. That was what made him a proponent of peace during his time. Startled by the incongruence of abject violence to control Jerusalem during the Crusades, Jerusalem, which in Hebrew means the city of peace, he decided to dangerously cross enemy lines so that he might meet with the Sultan of Egypt in an effort to start a peace treaty. Your God is of your flesh, and he lives in your nearest neighbor. That was Francis's mantra by which he promoted peace. And undoubtedly, that was the same mantra which fueled his love for the poor as well. Francis safely left this meeting with the Sultan and started on the road preaching again. And that is where another one of his famous peace-loving missions happened, this time not with the Sultan, but with a wolf. Holy tradition tells us that as he entered a town one day, they were all on high alert. There was a wolf outside the city limits that seemed to be snatching up both people and animals alike as a tasty dinner treat. Hearing of this ravenously hungry wolf, Francis set out to meet him. The wolf looked Francis up and down with those hungry dinner eyes, showing his teeth and was about to pounce, all as Francis just stood there peacefully, making the sign of the cross. The wolf quickly became docile and calmly walked by Francis's side as they headed back into town. The townspeople were startled and afraid to see this insatiable beast by his side. But Francis told the townspeople that this wolf was simply hungry and brokered a peace treaty with the townspeople. If they promised to give this wolf dinner every day, the wolf would promise not to pick out people and animals when they were in the woods. And from that day on, the village and the wolf lived peaceably. Toward the ends of his life, Francis would come to one last peace treaty, a peace with his death. During his final days, as he looked back on the beauty of all of the people that he met, and in all of creation, he wrote his famous canticle of the creatures, a canticle which glorified the beauty of God's creation. All of this planet's adorable creatures, sister moon, brothers wind and air, sister water, and mother earth, all icons, all earthly representations which give us glimpses of the paradise to come. He ends this canticle by praising Sister Bodily Death, praising her because she too does God's holy will, by closing our eyes so that we might enter true paradise. So today we honor and remember this great saint of the church, a saint so beloved that he's even revered outside the church as well. He won the love and respect of so many, not because he preached love, but because he loved. 
not because he preached care for the poor, but because he cared for the poor. Not because he preached peace, but because he crossed enemy lines to promote peace. And not because he preached a love of creation, but because he loved creation wholeheartedly. For Francis, nature and all its creatures were ways for God to give us previews of the beauty of heaven. And if you ask me, that's why God gave us dogs. A preview of that unconditional love of God. A God who wags his tail and jumps up and down in his delight when we come home. A God who licks our faces to show us how much he loves us. And a God whose favorite thing to do in the world is just to sit next to us in stillness joyful just to be in our company. That is why today we bless our animals, not just because we love them, but because their unconditional love for us is a reflection of God's love for us. And we bless them all with the hope that we might share that love with everyone we meet so that we might be instruments of peace.